0: Give Jesus some praise. Come on. I don't just say that so that you'll clap, by the way. Uh, he really is good, and we really do believe in what He is doing uh, in us and through us. And if you're new here, my name's Adam Harold. I don't know if you've caught on to that or not. Uh, but uh, my incredible wife, Tanya, and I do have the privilege of leading this church, this community that is beautiful. It is a beautiful community. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you noticed. I'm not going to say that. Never mind. We're not all beautiful people. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about the people that are here that makes this community Beautiful. It's about the God that lives in and through the people that serve in this community that we call the refuge. And we, we just love him so much. And what we want to do more than anything else is to show you that he loves you. Because he does. You may be here today and you may not even believe that he is out there, that he exists. Maybe you've talked about him, or you've talked to him and he hasn't really seemed to respond the way that you would have liked. But I want you to know this morning that the reason he hasn't responded the way you would have liked is because he does love you, because he does care about you, because he does want what is best for you. Even when we don't understand it, even when we don't know exactly what we need or what we want, he knows exactly what we need. And he loves you so much so much, and we just want to show you that, and so um, it's our privilege to do this. I, you know, I, 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 I love to be appreciated. My, one of my love languages is words of affirmation, so that goes a long ways with me, but um, I want you to know that we would do it for nothing, because we don't, no offense, we don't do it for you, We do it to serve the God that, that loves us It's because we want to show you that he loves you. And so we've been in a series that we're ca- calling Stories of Refuge, and um, it's been powerful, hasn't it? Yeah. Have you enjoyed this series? Come on, let me know. I, I need to know that you've enjoyed this series. And the thing that I love about this series is that we're highlighting people that God has brought to the refuge and highlighting their stories That are so powerful, but one of the things that we've learned, and one of the things that we we didn't have to learn it is something that we already know. And it's that we're just highlighting three stories, but they're just like the the we're just skimming the 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 surface. Like there are so many powerful stories out there that that we don't we haven't learned yet. Maybe we have, maybe we just we just don't have time to share them all. And we're so excited for what God has done in this series, but I want to share with you real quickly, again, this is, this is week three, this is the finale, this is the last one that we're going to do, uh, for now at least, and um, there, there's three reasons that we're doing this, this series. Number one is that I watched a football game last night, Mighty Michigan Wolverines won another one, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I watched a football game, and in the middle of a football game, this commercial just kept playing over and over and over again by stupid Samsung. Sorry, no, no offense to Android users, but Samsung just keeps insisting that Halloween has already happened and that we're already in the Christmas season. Can you believe that? They're playing Christmas commercials on October 29th. It's October 29th, people. Stop playing your darn Christmas music. It's not time yet. I'm just kidding. Ba humbug. <laughs> but we're getting ready to enter into the holiday season, and we want to make sure that you understand where your inheritance is. Your inheritance isn't in the amount of wealth that you can accumulate. That's not—when when you follow Jesus, let me say that. Because, listen, there are a lot of people that are like, I'm pretty sure my inheritance is in a lot of the wealth that I've accumulated. And, and, yeah, they have. But those that follow Jesus in God's economy, God's economy doesn't set it up to where our inheritance is in the material, but he sets it up to where our inheritance is in the people that we sit shoulder to shoulder with this morning. And I don't know about you, I'm a I'm a maybe you don't know this about me, I'm a bit of a people person. I'm a little bit of an extrovert. I like to be an introvert though. I like to get alone, come on, somebody. But I'm 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 an extrovert to where I love people and I love the fact that our inheritance is with each other. And what's great about inheritance being with each other is that we get to build our inheritance meaning that we get to share Jesus with other people so that when they meet Jesus, they go to heaven with us. That's what inheritance is in the Bible. That's what inheritance looks like in God's kingdom. And we get to spend eternity with each other. I don't, I don't know who's sitting next to you this morning. I don't know if they know Jesus or not, but if they do... Get used to sitting next to them. You're going to be with them for a long time. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and be like, you're stuck with me, right? You're stuck with me. I love that God builds an inheritance with us. So we want to remind you of that. But the other thing that we want to do is we want to show you that when you give to the Refuge Church, this is what you're giving towards. This is the vision of the church. That people would allow God to live in them and through them, and that we introduce people to Jesus. That's what we do. That's the vision. I had a a mentor of mine tell me one time that vision pays better than money does. And I I I, I want. First of all, I, I agree with that. But I absolutely love that. That when you see the vision. Hopefully, you want to be a part of it, both both physically. So this is showing you vision that when you serve, this is what we get, but also that when you give, this is also what you give towards. The third reason we're doing this series is because we want you to know that you have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. And we want to encourage you to share with others. Let me tell you, we've enjoyed this series so much that my wife and I sat down and uh, we just, you know, we, we talk about long vision every once in a while. And um, we really believe that uh, this series has been so powerful that we want to we do it again. And this series... Uh, will become a a staple series in the Refuge Church, meaning that we'll do it over and over and over again. So um, if you haven't had a chance to tell your story, let me tell you, um, there there could be possibilities and opportunities. Um, Some of you are like, yes, and then some of you guys are like, oh, I hope they don't choose me. And uh, if you're the one that's like, I hope they don't choose me, well, we're probably going to choose you. So um, just let you know. But we've really enjoyed this series, and um, I I just can't wait to see the stories and learn the stories that God continues to write. I think the most beautiful thing about the stories that we're sharing is I didn't write them. You didn't write them. God wrote them, and that's why we're sharing them. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Revelation chapter 12, that's the uh, the chapter that we've been in, but if you want to follow along with today's notes, you can do so in the Uversion Bible app. Um, all of today's notes are available there. If you go, uh, actually the screen beside me shows you exactly how to get there. Um, go to uh, the version Bible app. If you don't have it already, go to your Apple store or your Google store, whatever you store you use, and uh, download that app, and you can go in and get today's notes. Revelation chapter 12, before I read it, I want to I want to ask God to speak to us. Can I do that? Let's pray. Father, um, your love and your grace and your kindness is abundant, your word says. We don't deserve it, but Lord, you give it freely. And God, I pray this morning that we would begin to understand just how good your grace is, how abundant your grace is, Lord, that we would allow it to live in us and through us. Father, I pray that you would speak through your word and that you would speak through your servant. But God, I pray that your word would speak louder than your servant does. For your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and it is alive and active and quicker than any two-edged sword, piercing our soul and our spirit. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would pierce souls and spirits, that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God's word is so good, and I love it so much. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 through 11 says this. It says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power. What has come at last? Salvation and power has come at last in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of the brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth and one, the one who accuses them before God day and night. Ladies and gentlemen, I have great news for you this morning, and that is that we have an enemy. <laughs> Why is it great news, Pastor Adam? Because the fact that we have a great enemy means that we have an even better God. Because he allows the enemy to accuse us, but not defeat us. Keep reading in verse 11, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the, by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Here in the translation that we read this morning the word that I want to point out is the word defeated. In other translations they use the word overcome. But in the original language which is Greek they use the word nikao. Nikao means to conquer. To conquer This morning, for the remainder of our time, I want to focus on the subject of conquering the enemy. Conquering the enemy. And this brings me to today's big idea. I want to share with you the big idea. But this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. I don't want to share with you the big idea as much as I want God to reveal to you the big idea. And so, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. Ephesians chapter 1. Turn to your Bibles if you have them. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. And we're going to ask God to reveal the big idea to us. And then I'm going to share with you the big idea that I got from this scripture. Verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. I want, as, as we read this scripture, I want you to just focus on how good God is in this scripture. We're one with Christ. The one that has defeated the enemy, we are one with him when we receive Jesus as our savior and we adopt our lives to be his, we become one with Jesus. That means everything about Jesus we now have. He is righteous. We are righteous. He is redeemer. We are redeemed. He is perfect. We are perfect. We are one with Jesus. Verse 4, it gets better. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. He is holy. So guess what? We are holy. And without fault in his eyes, God decided in advance to adopt us. This is beautiful. This is one reason why I love stories of adoption. Because stories of adoption... Maybe some of you have been adopted. Maybe some of you have adopted. I absolutely love the stories of adoption because it is a beautiful picture. It is an exact picture of who God is. Orphans, now a part of a family. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and he gave him this gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us belonging to his dear who belonged to his dear son. Look at verse 7 and allow the big idea to be revealed to you. He is so rich in kindness and in grace, that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. Can I say it like this? With the blood of the lamb. And forgave our sins. He has showered us, uh, he, has showered us he, he has showed us his kindness on us along with all wisdom And understanding today's big idea, the blood of the lamb always leads to grace. The blood of the lamb always leads to grace. I want you to know this morning, the Christian walk is simple. Receive God's grace and allow it to live in us and through us. Sounds really simple, doesn't it? And all God's people said, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a difficult task. You know why? You know why it's a difficult task? Because we like to control things. But in order to allow God's grace to live in us and through us, we have to learn to let go. We have to learn to let go and allow God to live in us and through us by His grace and allow Him to come in and take all of our lives. When I look around the world at people, I see people that don't understand God's grace. And this isn't just people that don't know Jesus, but this is, these are people that do know Jesus, that have believed in him, that have accepted him in their life, but they haven't fully been able to understand God's grace because we like to do everything without this book. We don't, we we like to hear a preacher, no offense to myself, we like to listen to a preacher and say, and just believe his word for it without digging into God's word. I hope that you go home this week and I hope that you examine the scripture that we look at this morning and look at it into your life and apply it to your life and allow God's word to speak to you and allow it to come alive in your life not just because I'm up here with the microphone. But because God wants to speak to your soul. So we have to allow God's word to go to work and I look at people that love God but they don't understand his grace. How do I know they don't understand his grace? Because we like to cancel everything. We don't have a whole lot of grace, do we? And this is why I'm so excited for today's story, because it's one, it's a journey of God's grace. I can't wait for you to listen to this. It's about nine minutes long, so, um, but I didn't know that there was, a, there was a little ceremony before my sermon, so um, I'm not adjusting my sermon, so it's going to be a late day, so just so you know. Uh, But I hope you enjoy this this message or this this story from my friend Jameson Trudeau
1: So I was uh, born into the 80s and 90s uh, independent Baptist movement Um, Very legalistic culture You know men should have short hair women should have long hair women should wear dresses and be respectful men should wear suits um this was the things these were the things that mattered you know it wasn't it wasn't about faith it wasn't about jesus um it was about what you did and who you were and how you acted that was how you were judged so from a very early age i learned that what i did mattered more um, than what i actually believed as i began to grow up um, some of my talents started to develop music speaking different things. And, and people would come up to me in church and they would say, oh, you know, you should really think about ministry. God's God can use you. Um, so when it came time for me to go to college, it, it was just natural for me to decide to go to Bible college. And that's what everybody expected. That's what my parents expected. That's what my pastor expected. So I did. It really was my, my whole life was more about being the way everybody wanted me to be, as opposed to understanding and trying to trying to follow the faith for myself. And even though I studied and read the Bible and knew more about the the Bible and stories in the Bible than most people, I never really understood it. Um, so I went to college. Uh, again, kind of experienced that. Um, continued to develop, you know, within doing worship and. Uh, led worship for, you know, large denominational church in North Carolina, did all of these things, but continued to feel completely isolated, depressed, alone. I truly, when I look back now, I, I think I became a master chameleon, and you find ways to adapt. So by that point in my life, I was a master at it. I was so good In any scenario and situation, I could be who people wanted me to be. The glass vase that was my life really started to crumble. um, I would say about five years ago. Um, That's when um, I ended up getting in force uh, with my wife. My career was stagnant. Um, You know, church was holding nothing for me, people, friends. The only thing in my life i think that brought me any joy was my kids um and i was in a really bad state of depression um and <laughs> that's actually around the time that i uh, met adam and uh in the refuge and um, i gravitated towards him and towards the refuge because it seemed like the perfect place for me to to really try to fix myself, fix this depression, this isolation, this loneliness. The more I got involved, it started to make me realize that all of the excuses that I made about the reasons I was depressed and alone and lonely were just masking the reality. I had this really honest moment in myself and just said you don't believe and I don't know if you ever have and the first thing that I thought was that I knew I had to have a conversation with Adam because it, it just was something I, I just couldn't continue I felt like I had really lived that kind of lie my whole life in this chameleon way and I just it was i was sick to my stomach um so i had a conversation with adam and he was very graceful and he even appreciated my honesty but i could tell you know he was heartbroken um but at the time it was it was what i felt i had to do and stepped away from the church completely um at that point and completely deconstructed from any type of religion. I think I studied more about the Bible in that time than I ever had in the previous 30-something years, which I thought was funny, you deconstruct and then you spend the next three years, uh, you know, studying different uh, different things. And, and not just the Bible, uh, you know, I, I watched hundreds and thousands of debates between atheists and Christians, and convinced myself that you know atheism was true agnosticism was true and sure like there were times where it was hard to fathom the idea of mean meaningless existence um, because at the end of the day atheism agnosticism that is what it is it, it is a meaningless existence and some people, Feel like they can be okay with that. That was hard for me. My sister and I have been really close our whole lives. She's three and a half years older than me. Um, she's somebody that, especially we, you know, both experienced some of the same abuse at that church. And I always felt like she was a safe haven for me. She asked me, "How are you? How's life?" And I just said honestly, I. I'm the most content I have ever been. And in that moment, a voice in my head said, is that really it? Is that it? There has to be more. And then one day, it was a Saturday, I had this just instant, I don't know a better word for it other than urge that I needed to go to church. So I had still, you know, kind of talked with Adam multiple times throughout throughout the years. So I had reached out to him on that Saturday and said, hey, uh, Adam, I'm going to come to church tomorrow. And all he said was, you know, that's great. Awesome. I'll be happy to see you there. So next day, went to church and that was the first message in the series on church hurt, and church abuse. I'm glad I reached out to him the day before, because I think if I had reached out to him a week prior, I would think that he specifically wrote the message for me. Um, I have never experienced in my life words that were more meant for me than in that message. It was the, the second most honest moment I've ever had with myself, outside of my realization that I was never a believer at the end of the sermon when Adam asked for people to say say the prayer I did and and why I guess it was such a hard thing with the abuse that I experienced is that I genuinely wanted to believe I wanted to find that peace but I was not in an environment that allowed me to cultivate that and when I think To if I only had a place like the refuge, if I only had a place or a church that truly spoke what mattered, the faith, understanding that you can do nothing of yourself. There's nothing within me that can achieve salvation. It is only Jesus. It is only through the power of Jesus that you can. It's not about what you do. It's not about raising your hands in church. It's not about saying a prayer. It's not about any of those things, it's about accepting that gift and not alone. I think if I had had that, I think it would have happened a lot earlier in my life. I remember driving home that day from church and I have a, a notepad in my phone that I, I write all my lyrics on. And I opened it up, I wrote down what, what would become the bridge to a song that I've written. So how could I not understand It was the living word that would free me from my prison. And I know it's not something something I deserve. But the path you made for me was freely given. That's when you found me, Lord, and saved me by your grace. That's when you found me, Lord. And save me by Your grace,
0: man. I wrote down words to say after that, but I don't know what to say. Um, was that good? I had the privilege to sit down with Jamison multiple times, even over the four years that he um, he was searching. And you know, one thing that I want to say is that there were moments that I would go to lunch with Jamison, and it would be two hours of debate, really, and I would leave those lunch appointments, and I'd go, man, I feel like I just wasted my time, because I wasn't getting anywhere, and then one Sunday, one Saturday night, he he messages me, because God is writing these stories, not me. I wouldn't have included anything about Adam in that story if, if, I would, if I had written it, by the way. But he messaged me and he was like, I'd love to come see the new building. I was like, okay. Uh, you're welcome to come. You know, I almost told him what I was talking about, but I didn't. And... God is writing these stories, so he shows up. He sits in the back row, and he messages me after church, and he's like, hey, can we grab coffee this week? And so I scheduled coffee with him. I went out, and he was like, I want you to, I want you to know. He said a, a it uh, a little different than this, but he said, I want you to know I, I said that prayer at the end of the service, and i I'm, I meant it. And as I reflect on all of it, I'm like, there are moments in our life as people that allow grace to live in us and through us. That God is able to use us in ways that we have no idea what he's doing. And so we just continually have to follow him and do what he's asking us to do because Satan will try to convince us that it's a waste of our time. Jameson was worth my time all the time, regardless of if he believed how I did or not. Because that's what people of grace do. We love people because God is rich in kindness and mercy and grace, and he's shown us that. He's given me that. How in the world could I not share it with other people? My favorite lyric in this song, which I've had the privilege, I hope you feel privileged to be able to hear part of just that glimpse of that song. I don't know about you, but I wanted more of it, right? We're privileged because he hasn't released that yet. It's not on anywhere where you can go and, and, and download it and listen to it. He's, he's, a, he's an artist and a musician, so he's trying to perfect it. I'm trying to tell him, dude, it's perfect. Like, just get it done already. The world needs this song. And... um We're privileged to be able to hear that, but one of the lyrics that is in that song that he's entitled Grace goes, now I know I can't work my way to you. Now I know that I am saved by your grace. What I want you to understand this morning is that when you fully understand the grace of God, you understand that it is so, 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 so good that you could never earn it. How good do I think I am to think that I am able to accomplish God's grace in my life? How, how prideful do I have to be to think that I can do something to make God love me? There's nothing that I can do to allow God's grace to save me. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is simply believe and trust him that he wants to live in me and through me and then invite him in. It is literally that simple. God's grace is amazing, but it is also simple. Stop trying so hard. I'm excited because, as I was preparing for today's message, I, as I get to the end of a message series, if I don't know what the next series is about, I begin to really uh, just just pray about and, and just lean into to what God is is doing in our church and ask Him to to give me something else. And so, uh, this last week, I I was. I was praying about the next series, and I was like, God, what, what do you want me to speak on? And, and I, God speaks to me through his word first, but every once in a while, I just get this, this sense that he's, he's saying something to me. And um, I had spent time with my, with my counselor. Uh, there you go. There's today's reference to my counselor. Um, and uh, I spent some time with him this week, and um, he, he shares something with me and, and and as I prayed for the next series title, God or for the next series idea, God gave me the title of Grace is a river. And and so over the next four weeks, we're gonna be studying Grace as a river. And I'm excited because week two, we're gonna be doing a child dedication. And mom and dad, I want you to, to know that grace is the greatest gift that you can give your kids. But it's a river that flows in you and through you. And I, I'm looking forward to that day, because I've never been a part of a child dedication that focused on God's grace, like we're going to. And I feel like that's, like that's from God. But the problem with, with grace living in us and through us is we like to interfere. And I don't know if you know much about, and, I, and I, I really don't know a whole lot about streams and rivers, but I know that there can be some interference along the way that stops the river from flowing. And one of the things that prevents God's grace from flowing through us is our our trying and our doing and our works and the things that we try to do to try to earn God's grace. But I want you to know it's so good. You can't earn it. But just because it's so good, listen, the best thing about a great parent that loves you and, and that gives you, offers you grace is that when you truly experience their grace, the grace of a loving parent is you do not want to let them down. And because you don't want to let them down, you're going to do everything you can never to let them down. Which means you're going to do some things. But you know what's awesome about God? You can never let him down. You can never let him down. When you receive Jesus in your life, you can never let God down. Because when he looks at our mistakes, he sees his son on the cross paying our price for our mistakes. Stop beating yourself up over the things that you did or didn't do this week because God loves you still. His grace still lives in you and through you. You just have to allow it to empower you. Let me show you in scripture, Romans chapter six, verse one through four. This is the last scripture we'll read today. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Does this mean we should just, just, just keep doing whatever we want to do because God's grace is so good? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Because when we receive Jesus and he, we die with him on the cross, we put to, to death our old self. We can't continue to sin Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Listen, that's why every believer needs to be water baptized. To be joined with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, symbolizing a new identity, completely new person. Verse 4, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ has raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also live new lives. When you receive Jesus, when you receive his grace, you become new. Grace transforms us by the blood of the Lamb that bought grace for us. So to conclude, I want to give you three quick ways that we can, can allow grace to transform us, giving us a new DNA. Number one, you have to receive the blood. You have to receive the blood of the Lamb. Now, what does that mean to receive blood? That sounds disgusting, but it's not. There's no literal blood. The the literal blood was already poured out. You simply have to receive it. Receive it in your life, accepting the fact that you need the blood. That's how you receive it. You accept the fact that you need it. Then number two, you have to apply the blood. How do you you apply the blood, Pastor? Well, when you receive the blood, you apply the blood. You apply it to your life, meaning that you allow it to forgive everything that you've done that was wrong, that disappointed God. Because the fact is, we have disappointed God by our sin, but when you apply the blood in your life, He forgives you and frees you of your sin, washes it white as snow, the past and the future. So we have to apply it in our lives. We have to allow the blood in our lives. So that number three, We can share the blood. You have to receive the blood. You have to apply the blood. You have to share the blood. You know how you share the blood? By allowing grace to live through you. You have to allow grace to live in you and through you because grace is a river. Stand to your feet. I wanna pray with you. in us and through us. Some of you are standing there and you're like, Pastor Adam, I would love to have a story like Jameson's. I would love to have a story like Sherma's. I would love to have a story like Zach's. If you're standing there thinking that, I want you to know that you can. You can have a story like those three. But it requires you to receive the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that he paid on the cross for you. You have to receive the blood first. Then you can apply the blood. And then hopefully you share it. Because when it's so good, you have to share it. So, this morning, to, to conclude, I want to ask the question Do you need to receive the blood of Jesus this morning? Maybe some of you have been just like Jameson, where you were a part of a church, part of faith, maybe abuse, maybe whatever. And you just completely, just deconstructed, completely left, left God. I want you to know one of the things that Jameson told me was he had to understand that he never had what he thought he had because he was only doing it based on what he was doing. He was only, he was only basing his salvation on what he did not on who he was. And he had to receive a new identity this morning or that that morning. And maybe it's you this morning that needs to receive the new identity. So here's what I want to do. I want a sacred moment. Sacred moments require privacy. So would you do me a favor? Would you you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? My friend Kim is here and Elaine is here and they, they would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you, but right where you sit, statistics show us that 90% of all people that come to know Jesus do so in a moment just like this. Do you need to receive the blood of Jesus this morning? You never have. You've never done this. Would you do me a favor in this sacred private moment? Would you just slip your hand up so I can see you and just say, I need that blood? You've never received it before. Is there anyone like that that would be so bold to raise your hand? Thank you. Now we have to apply the blood to our lives. Allow it to forgive us. Some of you have been carrying things in your life that you haven't needed to carry because Jesus has already paid the price for them. In this moment, I want you to give it to God. Tell him, God, I'm not going to carry this any longer because your death is so good that it has forgiven me. I'm not going to beat myself up over it any longer. We're going to sing a song. You're welcome to come forward and to pray. You're welcome to pray right where you are. At the end of the song, we're going to be dismissed. And it looks like we're going to be on time. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father in heaven. Oh, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Transforms our souls. Father, I pray this week that we would receive your blood. That we would apply your blood. But most of all, God, I pray that we would share your blood as we allow your grace to live in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.